We want to reduce the number of choices we have. One way of going about that is by having great habits. Another way is about being very, very clear about what it is that we are trying to accomplish. If you're interested in how highly successful investors overcome limitations and become unstoppable forces of success, you're in the right place. The Conscious Investor Podcast features weekly conversations with real estate investing experts and delivers a Monday mindset episode to help launch your week with intention. If you believe success is for everyone willing to think, then do. These conversations will be your weekly rocket fuel. Are you feeling fatigued, exhausted, tired? You've already had all of the rest that you need. You think, okay, I got a good night's sleep. And then yet an hour into your day, you're kind of feeling like you're dragging or maybe even take that 10 minute, 20 minute cat nap in the afternoon. And it just doesn't do anything for you. And the cup of coffee doesn't do anything for you. And you just think like, what is going on? Why am I so exhausted? And why is this perpetual? It can start to lead us to a lot of self-doubt and curiosity about, am I health actually healthy? Today, I wanna talk to you about something that takes place in so many of our lives that we discounted, and that is decision fatigue. More than likely, you are facing decision fatigue. It's a real thing. Case in point, go to the grocery store. If you are going to the grocery store and you go down the beer aisle, right? I could just picture the cooler area at our supermarket, and you face this crazy decision. Do I want to go with an IPA or do I want to go with something, a Hefeweizen or something light? Do I want to go with some special microbrewery or do I want to go the more economical route? And then even then we face the toughest decisions. Am I going with Miller or Coors or Budweiser if we're going any of those directions? I don't recommend those directions, but right, you're getting the point that I am making. And if you don't go down the beer aisle, that's okay. We can go to the wine aisle and then we have a host of Merlots. Ooh, don't choose Merlot, please. But you have a host of wines to choose from. And if we don't go down that section, even if we go into the produce section, we still have so many choices to make. Which salad do I want? What kind of salad do I want to make or do I want to buy a bag salad? Oh, look, there's a bag salad and I could get that Caesar salad with Caesar with bacon or Caesar with avocado, or I could get like the updated kind of version of Caesar or the classic Caesar. Do I want the little croutons that are crushed up or the big croutons in this bag salad? You can tell I've definitely shopped the bag salad aisle and I'm grateful for those because they decrease my decisions and my prep time when I get home. We could go down the cereal aisle. And if you go down the cereal aisle, you think, am I going with a healthy cereal or am I going with the sweet cereal? Am I going with the granolas or am I going with the flakes? And then even once we make that decision, am I going with Kellogg's General Mills or am I going to go generic? So we are facing, just in the grocery store alone, we are facing so many choices. That's just the grocery store. But then we could go into driving to work. Well, which route should I take today? Because you might have a few routes. Right now we have construction taking place on one of the major roads. Well, should I just go ahead and take my chances? Should I go around it? How much time do I have? There is a lot of thinking taking place. These are all things that we're accustomed to thinking about. But let's just throw gas in for a section, for a moment, right? Then we can even, because right now I'm sure 
everybody listening is watching the gas prices and you are looking where's the most competitive place. So you're always watching in and kind of being strategic about where you're purchasing your gas. Let's throw in some of the other areas where we face decision fatigue, the little one-offs. Right now, I'm in the middle of having a deck built on my property, right? Old deck was gross. It was great. It was just old and it's dilapidated and needs to go so that nobody gets hurt and things are taken care of. Now it's like, okay, well, what's the footprint you want your deck to be? Do you want it to be bigger? Do you want to be smaller? Do you want to go out here? Where do you want stairs? What kind of deck material do you want? Do you want wood? Do you want treks? What colors do you want? It's a lot of decisions. And those decisions can actually be even more taxing and exhausting because they're not the normal decisions that we face in the grocery store, right? Like the grocery store, we're used to those decisions. So we can kind of run through those decisions fairly quickly for the most part. When we come into, okay, we've got this new project and we have to make decisions for it, but now it feels a little more clunky. I'm just exhausted just explaining all of the areas where we could be facing a lot of decisions. (laughs) And if you're ever trying to make plans with your friends, that can be exhausting also. Unless you have a friend, I'm usually that person that will just say, hey, let's just do it here, 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 here. And I'll kind of lay it out and make it simple. And there's a reason for that, right? We need to decide and take massive action. My husband and I were actually talking about that just this very morning because there are parts of this remodel project because we're doing more than just the deck. And it's like, we just need to decide and make it happen. Like we don't need to belabor some of these choices. Okay. Like, so part of eliminating decision fatigue is just simply making a decision and sticking to it. That just seems so obvious but I want to give you some strategies for reducing your decision fatigue today. And at the end, I'm definitely going to drop a special bonus. So make sure you stick around to the end because I promise you that bonus is just going to send it over the edge. And I am confident that if you are implementing these strategies, I am confident that you are going to gain more energy into your life. Let's get started because I'm going to give you three tips plus a bonus if you want to hang out longer. I'm going to give you three tips for reducing that decision fatigue. Here we go. Tip number one is habits. I've spoken about it before on the podcast. I think every November, December, I do an episode specifically on cultivating and developing habits so you can go back and check out past episodes. But having habits actually reduces our decision fatigue. You see, our brain wants to find the easiest way to accomplish things. That's why when you are going to choose whatever cerveza you are looking for, you kind of just automatically go to a certain one. For me, I really like blue moon. So I will just automatically gravitate and subconsciously just find a blue moon on the shelf. That just happens, right? And so our subconscious mind is always working to navigate us with the littlest pain or energy expressed possible. So creating habits allows us to do this. When we choose to, okay, I go to bed at a certain time and I wake up at a certain time. This cultivates a habit. Your body falls into a rhythm. When we wake up, when we're ready and like just automatically, okay, I when I wake up, I automatically drink a little bit of water. Then I automatically walk myself to the couch and sit down with my Bible and with my journal and with my planner, right? You can have these habits so that they are on autopilot and you're not having to make the decision. Truth be told, 
I'm going to throw myself under the bus here for a moment. And that is that I actually struggling with this habit. Longtime listeners know in North Idaho, summers are super long. It is light until about 10 o'clock, but come winter, it is dark at about three o'clock dark, like turn your bright headlights on. I'm only exaggerating by possibly 15 minutes. It's really brutal. And so during these summer months, I find myself staying up later. And then when I wake up in the morning, I might be actually questioning, do I really want to read this morning? And now I'm having to make these decisions. You don't have that challenge and that exhaustion when they are an automatic habit. So think about all the automatic habits that you have. When you make a cup of coffee in the morning, you might have an automatic habit of how you start your water for a French press, which I hope you're using French press and not drip. Please, please convert over to the French press. It is so superior. And I am being a little snobby about that, but it's just true. And you might have a way. Okay, I fill the water like this. It goes like that. I pull out my favorite mug. I get the creamer out and this and that, and it's all ready, right? You just have these habits and you don't even realize that you are going through those motions. Evaluate some of the habits that you currently have. See if they are serving you. In fact, recently, my family's listening to Atomic Habits, and he actually has a sheet. So I think if you Google this on Atomic Habits, you can download some support on how do I decide if a habit's good, bad, or neutral, and then slowly shifting some of those habits so that they serve you super well. When we have really good habits, we are able to decrease the amount of time that it takes for lots of things to take place. So what I'm trying to say here is our habits will decrease those options that we have, and it will also decrease the amount of time. And I'm going to say that part on time a couple of different ways, right? But when we have habits, we are automatically creating those neural pathways in our brain so that our brain is just going straight to the fastest, fastest decision. However, we can also reduce the number of, well, not however, I guess this also reduces the number of choices that we have, but we can also reduce the number of choices and support our decision fatigue by simply, we want to reduce the number of choices we have. Let me put it that way. We want to reduce the number of choices we have One way of going about that is by having great habits. Another way is about being very, very clear about what it is that we are trying to accomplish. If I get in my car and I'm unclear about the order I'm running errands or even where I'm going, I am not going to find the best path possible. But if I know that I'm going to drop some things by the uh, thrift shop in the donation section and I'm going to fill up with gas and I'm going to wash my car and then I'm going to get a coffee, I can make those very streamlined and strategic. So knowing and being clear, this is what I am aiming to accomplish and this is the fastest way to accomplish it. Let's go into this a little bit with your work. So at work, knowing, hey, this is what my day looks like. Here are the things I really have to get done. My top three frogs that I have been, here's number one frog I got to swallow first, but here are the other ones I need to follow, swallow as well. So you really want to be clear. You want to prioritize. And this is going to decrease that decision fatigue. Knowing what the next step is, 
and already understanding why that's your next step is going to eliminate redundancies and increase your energy. When you're working on those tasks, here's like a little side bonus, not even the bonus I was talking about. So stick to the end for the real bonus, but here's a little bonus on that regarding time. And that is giving ourselves a time limit. One, this is how long this task is going to take. I'm going to give myself 35 minutes to complete this newsletter. And that is all I'm going to get. Guess what? Whatever it is that you are aiming to accomplish will take as much time as you allow it to take. I know that that sounds ridiculous. A lot of you just like squirmed a little. You're like, no, no, Julie, I need the comfort of having like two hours of time. But I can assure you from personal experience, I've been implementing this in my own life in a very hardcore way. It's like, no, this is how much time this really should take me and and I'm going to stick with that. When we do that, we're automatically sending a message to our brain. Hey, get this done, get going. And our brain is going to be a little more focused and able to follow through on that task with ease. So having a time when something is going to take place Having amount of time for that task or project is another way of reducing the decisions around the tasks that we are doing. You are going to eliminate that decision fatigue in that regard. Let's move on to this whole, oh my gosh, rehashing decisions. I'm just going to say this happened case in point. We had the footprint for the deck all mapped out. It was drawn up by the person that we hired to do it. And then someone else came, another person joined the project, which is really great. Highly skilled person is going to definitely increase this deck. Like it's going to be even more extraordinary now. But when that person entered the scene, we had to rehash everything. I was in the middle of working on a, what were we at? $28 million offer on a property. And it was like, I don't want to have to rehash this footprint for this deck and talk about where stairs are going and this, that, and the other thing. We already have that done. Why are we having to rehash? So in this case, it worked out well that we rehashed the decision because there are some better design elements that are being put into place. But more often than not, We end up rehashing decisions because we're actually doubting ourselves. We actually didn't fully believe in the decision that we made. And so we're rehashing it. Okay, so this is the thing. Just stop. Most decisions that you are making, it's not going to be the end of the world. If it could be done 10% better, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's actually going to be more costly for you. Let's just say you're working on a project and at work, right? You have a work project, you're trying to get it finished and you have it, you've decided, you have all the templates ready, you have all the copyright ready, all the marketing ready, everything is ready to go out on this. And the next thing you know, you go to hit send and you're like, oh, maybe, and you rehash it. And instead of getting it sent out and started, you're now back at the starting blocks. So instead of moving forward and with energy you have already expended, you are right back where you started and you're expending that energy all over again. It just makes me sad. I used to do this a lot. I'm becoming so much better about it because I understand that getting it done and doing it well is better than getting it done with perfection. 
And that 10%, 10 better that I may have been able is just going to cost me so much more energy and time that it's actually not worth it. If you are on my email list, you've actually seen some errors come across your plate. And you know what's fun about that? And this is what's very reassuring that a lot of people don't talk about is that sometimes you're going to send that email out and maybe there was a word error in that email. Most people are going to be gracious to you. And we've all received emails like that. I've received emails. I caught a grammatical error on one of my favorite writers' website. I was like, ah. Oh, I love you even more because you have this glaring air and it's a header section and it's a permanent section in your site and it's clearly been there. You haven't fixed it and you have half a million people that follow you. If someone like that can survive to live another day, we can too. When I've sent emails out and maybe there's a minor error in it, I don't think I've done any huge, horrible, rotten errors, but I've definitely sent some newsletters or something that come out with like just little subtle errors. I've actually gotten some feedback like, oh, hey, Julie, really interested that link wasn't working or hey, that was kind of funny. You said blah, blah, blah. Thanks. It made me laugh. So it's interesting that even when we make some mistakes, if we're not so full of ourselves and trying to be perfect, it can actually come back to starting a conversation with other people, which is really exciting. So please, please stop, decide, take action. Don't rehash the decisions that you have already made. Move forward because forward is where you're going to go, and you're going to have little mistakes along the way or little areas where, yeah, you could have done it 10% better, but it's not going to make or break it because you're going somewhere. You're headed forward on your mission. So far, we've talked about three really critical areas. Having strong habits is definitely going to reduce your decision fatigue, decreasing your options, and putting some time restraints in, which is also decreasing options, right? Little subheader that is going to support you saying no and just stopping with that whole, I'm going to make this decision all over again. No to rehashing, but here's your bonus. If you've been sticking around, it means that you have been getting something and growing from this and I'm supporting you. And the final area that I really want to support you in bonus area is this manage your expectations. I am a person of super high expectations. My expectations for myself are stupid, ridiculous. Anyone who knows me knows that's like, they're like, dude, Julie, calm down, chill out. <laughs> you know, like it's going to be okay. And I have to be really careful about the expectations that I have both on myself, on my husband, on my kids, on business partners, for my business. I have to manage my expectations. We can face so much decision fatigue because we have our expectations that are maybe 10 steps from where we could actually be successful at. So I want to encourage you to definitely, definitely manage those expectations. Hey, you can do this. You can gain more energy into your life by simply reducing decision fatigue. I'd love to hear about how you've accomplished this and how this serves you. So make sure that when you're done listening to this, you leave a comment for me. 
and definitely just rate and review honestly. If you disagree with me, remember, I love challenges. That's totally fine. I'm not going to take it personally, one of the four agreements, but it will definitely support other people because it will start a conversation and conversations are the birth of new beginnings. You guys are awesome. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And again, make sure you share this, make sure you comment and so that it reaches other people and supports the world. Remember that investing is not the place of adventure. Adventure belongs on the trail, not in your investing. So if you want to make sure that you are not having a roller coaster adventure ride that is unwanted in your investment portfolio, be sure head over to the website, threekeysinvestments.com and let's start a conversation. If you need support with you're like, Julie, all of this makes so much sense. I want to implement this into my life. I've actually opened up a couple of coaching spots. I also have group coaching available and both are fantastic ways to support you in growing the dreams of your life. All right. Until next time, live big, love bigger. Are you enjoying this episode? Do the world a favor and help trip the algorithm by leaving a review so that this content reaches many others. 